0: Hello! You're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello,
1: Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Starting to get some slightly longer days. That's good. Mmm, yeah, yeah.
0: The um, um, listeners may or may not know that my building's been covered in scaffolding for over a year. And they've just taken down the scaffolding around my flat. So the combination of lighter days plus suddenly not having scaffolding around every window, I've been like, wow, (laughs) this is what daylight looks like. (laughs) Just blinded by the light. Did you survive the storm okay as well? Well, the scaffolding is like halfway down. So I was sitting watching like individual poles swaying and things like that. It's funny how when it was fully up, it felt more secure than when it's in bits yeah but yeah
1: otherwise i survived fine thank good, you good, how good. about you yeah oh, well it, we barely felt eunice up here um dudley was a bit a bit hit us a bit harder but mm. no no not too bad not too bad just some some bins flapping around the streets mainly in yeah, where i am i went and looked at the local
0: park that had a lot of fallen trees and decided well not fallen trees fallen branches from trees and decided maybe just going for a stroll underneath lots of trees swaying in the wind was a bad idea Yes,
1: <laughs> a, sorry, I have a, a classic Peter diversion. <laughs> One of the The Simpsons moments that really stands in my head is where Homer is playing golf during a thunder. I think he's playing golf during a thunderstorm, mm. or he's outside during a thunderstorm, and he, <laughs> as the lightning starts to strike, he says, "I did what any sensible person would do. I hid under a large pit of sheet metal and found the largest tree around." <laughs> <laughs> That's me I the store. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> what
0: could possibly go wrong here? Yeah. Bro, what are we talking about today, Frank? We're doing one of our esoteric devices episodes. So we used to use these episodes just to talk about cards we fancied. But now we're getting patrons to vote on which card they want us to look at. And the thrust of them is treating the card almost like we've just discovered it for the first time and seeing where it takes us and what we think of it. Some people think that we're using these episodes to shine new light on less favoured cards, which is definitely the case. But also it's just um, exploring all the nooks and crannies of the card pool that
1: we might have left neglected otherwise. Yeah, yeah. think that sum it up well? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I I thought you were going to open with, (laughs) yeah, we used to talk about cards we fancied. Now we talk about cards the patrons fancy. (laughs) Yeah, more Um, or less. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fun to, to pick up some of these cards maybe one or both of us haven't really played with as much and, and dig into what they look like. We're not saying any of these cards are bad cards at all. Mm-hmm. More that they're interesting, I guess, to, to stick to the branding.
0: Yeah, and maybe like a meta point here as well. We've passed doing this podcast for five years. The game is five and a half years old now. So one of the things I've noticed as we talk about cards is there's now like a, a history that comes with certain cards. Yes. And the card we're talking about today, which is Lucky Dice, is one of those cards. Yes. Where when I started thinking about it, I was thinking all the way back to Dunwich when it came out. But of course, those thoughts are now out of date or a lot of time has passed since I had those thoughts. And it's I really think that there's something to be said for not just looking at a card in a vacuum, but also remembering, well, why was it good or ignored or whatever it is?
1: back then and have things changed enough? And yeah, yeah, all of those thoughts are in my mind. So I, I've mentioned a few times before when we do the investigator episodes that, that Frank has a, a list of all the investigators. And every time I want yeah. to talk about a new one, he brandishes this at me and says, no, we haven't talked about all these ones here, Peter. We have to do a Guardian next because the ratios are all off. <laughs> Uh, he's got the same for every single card in the game, so he's not going to be satisfied and let and let me finish the podcast until we've covered every single card that's been out. Yeah. And esoteric devices. and not just
0: not just when it comes out, but also with five years of history behind <laughs> exactly, each card as yeah. well. Esoteric devices
1: three thousand four hundred and seventy two. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at lucky level four <laughs> and how
0: it interacts with lucky zero two three. Exactly. Right. So I'm going to dive in and read us the first of two cards because there are actually two cards called Lucky Dice. So this is Lucky Dice level two. It's two cost asset. Uh, subtitle, or are they? Two XP, as I said, willpower and agility icons. It's exceptional and it has a reaction. When you reveal a non-auto-fail chaos token, spend two resources Ignore that chaos token and reveal another one to resolve. If that token has the auto-fail symbol, remove lucky dice from the game. Cannot be ignored, cancelled.
1: Well, there we and go. And if
0: you're looking at your card thinking those words were slightly different, I'm reading the erratum to the card. Essentially, they brought out, FFG brought out an erratum to make it work how most people thought it should work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is you can cancel non tentacle tokens, but the tentacle token is always gonna ruin your day.
1: Yeah. Did you mention it's like an accessory slot?
0: Oh, and it's accessory
1: slot. Yeah. I beg your pardon. Yeah. It's a classic it's a classic rogue, like, high XP accessory slot item, isn't it? Some mm-hmm. weird magical version of a everyday object.
0: Yeah. And I think The timing to to return to this is quite good because in Edge of the Earth, we've seen other rogue exceptional cards that are sort of magical. The black fan, the red clock. The red clock in particular also takes up the accessory slot. So that slot in rogue seems to be about unique or nearly unique items or particularly exceptional items, doesn't it, mostly? Which I think is a nice bit of flavor for the faction. It's not your... um, Everyday items, it's something special about the slot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right. So how does this work and is it any
1: good? Yes. Uh, Well, revealing new chaos tokens is good, right? This is what Wendy does Mm -hmm. inbuilt. And as we all know, Wendy's pretty good. Yeah. Wendy can discard a card rather than paying two resources. So Mm it kind of makes it seem like you want to be fairly well off to be be using the dice.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't know. What what do you think is a is a good example of a situation where lucky dice are going to work out for you? but Where you've maybe gone high up on a test and you've pulled, like, the one minus five in the bag mm. and you want to mm. get, like, the minus three to trigger your succeed-by-two effects or something.
0: Yeah. You're throwing out all sorts of little elements that <laughs> were in my head as I was thinking about this. So, obviously, bag maths comes into it. There's how much you've boosted already. Yeah, And then, yeah, there's that idea of, which you've said before, I'm nicking this from you, thinking of cards that give you a sort of boost, a little bit like Defiance here, as not just about what number of boosts they give you, but how many tokens they deal with. Yeah. So, So, yes, your example, you want to be three up and you hit a minus five, so you're not going to be three up. Redrawing. I think there's that similar thing then for this, where it's like you're two up on a test and there are, say, five of the 15 tokens in the bag will fail you. Yeah. So that then you know that for spending two resources, you can remove, in air quotes, those five tokens. You get, certainly, you get a chance for four of the tokens to redraw. So it's as though you've boosted past them. Of course, there's still a chance that you draw another one. It doesn't completely remove them from the bag. That's where Lucky Dice gets tricky. But yeah, I, I'm i remembering the early days of playing it where maybe you go into a test at, at two or three up and you have a choice. Do we boost up to four or five up? And You think, well, no, because I know I can just spend two resources if the unthinkable happens and I draw that minus five or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say my, my my gut feel is that it's best when there's a small number of tokens that would fail you a test, but it's not economical to boost your skill value up to a point where they won't fail you,
0: or mm-hmm. potentially
1: mm-hmm. those those tokens have an ancillary effect which is which is unpleasant. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. Isn't there one in um, in the hard version of? The gathering that like teleports a ghoul to your location or ghoul attacks you or something when you pull the spawnsigle. token. spawns a ghoul. Spawns a ghoul.
0: spawns a ghoul, yeah. Yeah. You you could also think of, say, in Forgotten Age, the Elder Thing token, once there's enough vengeance in the victory display, just becomes another auto-fail. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how high you boost then, if you reveal that token, you're auto-failing, unless you can just pay to reveal again. So there are definitely, yeah, situations. The second frost token. <laughs> oh, yeah, the second frost token. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, particularly on hard, some some tokens are uncapped as well. So, you know, your, your skulls can get up to minus 10, yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it then becomes, like you said, really uneconomical to try to boost to take them out of the bag. I mean, big picture here, actually, if we can go even bigger picture, zooming out on what happens in the game of Arkham, I'm just going to describe this quickly. Like, <laughs> I mean, it relates to
1: things like you First tempo. of all, you make a deck. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> you're you're playing a scenario. Broadly speaking, your goal is to be making progress while also accumulating enough things, your resources, cards, boosts, that the more difficult tests later in the scenario you can handle with ease. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that the game pressures you is obviously taking away those things so that you You limp to the finish line rather than sprint over it. Yeah. And I think this is where Lucky Dice falls into a kind of weird gap in that if the way I play is focused on making sure I have enough cards in hand and enough boosts that I can be four up on all the critical tests towards the end of a scenario, which I would say, broadly speaking, most people are aiming to do that. Maybe not consciously, but unconsciously, you want to be able to be doing well by the end of a scenario. Lucky Dice says... Well actually maybe you don't need to be focused entirely on that because I will add a contingency plan to that which is for some of those difficult tokens you can just pay. So so yeah I I guess that's where I'm intrigued by it as well like to go back to your original example say you can pay 2 to redraw could you also have paid 2 just to boost your stat by 2? <laughs> Yes, and that it depends what you're obviously who you're playing as and what what options you have.
1: Well, but well, that's the tension, isn't it? Exactly, but but crucially, you don't have to spend the two until you reveal the token that would have that you would need to boost by. Mm-hmm. In, in that yeah. respect, it's very similar to Lucky, isn't it? We yes, when we talked about Lucky years and years ago, you, you <laughs> made me crumble to dust a little bit when you said it's been five years, Frank. <laughs> oh yes, <yeah>, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We were—I'm sure we were talking about Lucky at some point, and and saying the, the, the comparison that really stuck with me when when we talked about it was that it was a, a, an unexpected courage in every test until you needed it. Yeah, which is which is really the strength of Lucky. It turns out that's a good card. Oh, I just realised they're called Lucky Dice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, So 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 the dice it, sort of. Lucky on a stick, right? You can if if you're in that situation where, say, one token would fail you the test, like a high token, or or a handful of tokens would fail you the test. It's mm-hmm. a it's a potential boost on all tests, uh, as long as you can keep paying the two, and as long as you don't pull the auto fail. Mm-hmm. Because if your
0: worst token is that minus five or minus six, to actually go six up on every single test. Is incredibly inefficient, yes. and that's another way that the game would tax you of those hypothetical cards, resources, boosts that you basically overcommit and don't, and make a mistake in doing so. That then, when you come to the critical tests, you've run out of cards to commit. Yeah, and so lucky dice encourages you to push your luck and go in lower than you might normally because you've
1: got this contingency plan of the dice. I guess maybe one of the other cards it it doesn't feel dissimilar to is Recall the Future. Mm. I really think actually as you've been speaking, Frank, I think the real benefit of Lucky Dice I I haven't thought about this card this hard since it came out, I don't think. So this <laughs> is a really nice episode to be doing it in. The benefit of Lucky Dice, of course, is that it, it's it's totally your skill value is totally relevant. It's not it's not a boost to your skill value to get over over the value you need, the threshold you need, unlike mm-hmm. recall the future. Recall the future has that same kind of thing where you can take a band of of tokens out of the bag. So, you know, as we've been talking about, say, a minus four or a minus six, you can always target that worst token and know you don't yeah. have to go as far up on a test. Or you can just be like you can pick a you can pick a middling value and know that even if you're only a little bit above then you've still got decent odds of passing a test. With lucky dice, the value on the token can be anything. Mm-hmm. You'd still cancel it and redraw it. I mean, yeah. it's, the same, it's the same as same as Wendy, right? <laughs> she doesn't care yeah. what, the, what the value is. She just yeah, gets that no, that that all. more higher reliability. If you're say at a,
0: I don't know, sixty-five to seventy-five percent chance of passing, it can cost you a lot to take that up to ninety-five percent chance of passing. Yeah. But yeah. Two bites at that, you know, failing once and then redrawing either with Wendy or with this means you you return to the good odds, as it were. Yeah. I'm not going to get bogged down in the maths of it. Recall the Future is a good comparison here because you, you sometimes have that example in Recall the Future. Say so you've got two minus threes, a minus four, and then a couple of skulls that are minus three, say. So you've got four tokens at minus three and a minus four, and you're two up. You could pick minus three, and that takes two tokens out of the bag. You could pick Skull, and that takes two tokens out of the bag. Because you can choose a symbol, can't you, with Recall the Future?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But if you were able to boost by one, you would take all four out of the bag. So you have that slightly like tricky decision point of which do I pick? Yeah. You know, In this situation, you have no boosts left. And you can't guarantee all of those things. Of course, with Lucky Dice Down, if you're two up, you know that any of those five tokens, you can pay the two
1: resources and redraw. This is why it was it was a trick you showed me when we were playing on a popular tabletop um, simulation tool uh, where you can clone all of your Chaos Tokens and put them to one side. Mm-hmm. And I found that so useful when I started doing it. It's a benefit of not having to play... I noticed Stephen Woolley does it from Team Covenant. He'll empty out the chaos bag, look at the tokens, put them all back in before he decides what's, what he's going to do on a test. Yeah. And similar to that When one, I've
0: played as Jacqueline, I've written them all down as well. I have a little piece of paper, you know, the size of a card that just has them all on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and laying it out with the values is so helpful <laughs> in terms of, I mean, cards like this, if you're playing with like this and Recall the Future or the Crystal Pendulum or uh, any of those kind of cards... Mm. It's, it's, I feel like it's definitely worth getting a really good picture of what the Chaos Bag looks like. I think it is one of the things I'd recommend people if they want to step up their Arkham game
0: mm.
1: is use cards, cards like Recall the Future, use cards like, uh, play investigators like Jim and Jacqueline, because they mm. really help familiarize you with Bag Maths mm. and, and yeah. how to interact with that in, a, in, a, in an interesting way
0: play Unrelenting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, and Defiance. Yeah, oh, painful. (laughs) Uh, Unrelenting is... uh, Did I say this when we looked at Unrelenting? It's just such an interesting card. (laughs) I love that card (laughs) I'm sure you've said that, (laughs) because you're a big fan of that card. Yeah, it's just got so so many little, like, kind of chewy little things on it, and knowing the chaos... Again, knowing the chaos bag really lets you play some tunes on that. Yeah, totally, totally.
0: So there's another element to Lucky Dice that we've sort of been um, hinting at, I think, particularly with the Wendy comparison. Yes. Wendy's ability is trade a card for a redraw. Mm -hmm. This is trade two resources for a redraw. And this appears in Rogue, where one of the archetypes or styles of play is big money. And that's the other element that I think is intriguing about this card, which is that it not all of the things we can spend to boost are made equal and different investigators care more about certain things than other things. What I'm trying to say is those two resources might be really easy to come by in road in a way that spending cards might be a little bit more difficult. So my first experience of Lucky Dice was seeing it in Jenny. yeah, And of course, it basically reads as trade your upkeep resources for a redraw. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah which is sort of fascinating that you can be accumulating that pool of resources and if you're not spending them to pay to boost what are you spending them on and what i've sometimes found in jenny is that she's really card hungry but not very resource hungry because she gets so many Um, it depends of course what you're doing a lot of people the way they like to play jenny is using stat boosters because you get so many resources but lucky dice sort of sits in between those two things as a well, you know, your resources could be this contingency plan for you about passing tests. Yeah. Of course, then you can take that further and go to like the kind of the Preston or Bob big money builds now and say, right, well, Lucky Dice does mean I have a chance of uh, just basically fishing again and again and again Mm -hmm. for the token I need. Am I right in thinking you you can trigger this ability as many times as you like? Yes, yes, as long as you have resources,
1: which is unlike Wendy. it's Wendy once per test? Yeah, she's limit once per test or ability. So the other thing about Wendy Mm -hmm. is she returns the token to the bag. Yeah. Uh, Lucky Dice cancels the token, and then you draw another one, which Mm. really significantly alters, uh, maybe not significantly, but it definitely alters your logic, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, In fact, it uses ignore rather than cancel, which is why I was pausing, (laughs) because ignore and cancel is a bit of a, a tricky issue anyway for rules. But yeah, the way it's worded, ignore that cancel and reveal another one to resolve, my understanding is you set it to one side, it doesn't go back in the pool, which means you can't have that really unfortunate thing of pulling a minus five as Wendy, discarding a card and pulling a minus five again. Yeah, yeah. Assuming there's only one in the bag, It obviously increases the chance with lucky dice that you are going to hit the tentacle because there's one fewer token to pull from. Yes. But, I mean, that's part... I think that's baked in with the challenge of playing lucky dice, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Man, it just the more we talk, the more I want to pull out a big spreadsheet. You know what I'm like with spreadsheets, Frank? <laughs> I do know, yeah. Because I, I, I'm just so fascinated. And this is where we'll get... This is almost certainly the kind of thing where we'll get an angry responder on our Discord saying, I can't believe you didn't consider this. And they've Mm -hmm. already got all the stats calculated. But the Mm -hmm. the intuitively, it feels like you've got more chance of drawing the order fail, doesn't it? But you're drawing from a much larger pool of tokens. So you draw once out of, say, 15 tokens, and then you draw again out of of 14 tokens. Mm -hmm. So your chances, it's one in, it's not... It, it's not double the chance, right? You've got a chance of 1 in 15 and then a 1 in 14, but added together. So mm. it's like a 2 in 29, I think. Yeah, and, <laughs>
0: and you're not drawing again if you've drawn the auto fail first time anyway.
1: Oh, well, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what I, yeah I just really want to dig in and, and look at look at the overall stats and how much it would improve your chances in various situations. I yeah. think that that that's the crucial one. Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe this is part of why Lucky Dice is a less commonly played card, that some of what it's offering is quite hard to just grasp just looking at it. Yeah, yeah. How it works is pretty easy to grasp. Oh, I spend two, I reveal another token. But actually being able to say, and that gives me a 20% (laughs) increase in passing tests, or a 50% or whatever it is, it's harder to kind of get to that next stage of comprehension, I'd say. You know, where I often go to with it, which takes us back to the big money thing, is if I'm playing Preston, great, I can spend loads of resources to keep redrawing, but that doesn't change that my stats are ones. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, how, where there's a sort of missing piece of the puzzle there for me of like, am I really just going to keep paying until I hit an elder sign and then can pay to pass, pay to auto succeed? There's a space missing in there, I think. And if I'm boosting, say, with a Fire Axe or a Trial by Fire... oh, they both have fire in the name. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like Lucky Dice is a hat on a hat to have also have that in play to guarantee the pass. Or an easier example, well-connected. I'm sitting on 20 resources. It's giving me a plus 4 or a plus 5 boost, depending on the level. Yeah. Do I also need Lucky Dice to then, you know, redraw a token as well? Why don't I just accumulate more resources and make the well-connected boost even bigger? Yes. I think that's where I get stuck with it.
1: Yes, yes, no, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that um, mm. because it feels like it wants to play in someone. It, it's in that situation. It's useful in very particular circumstances, mm-hmm. which is a high, a, a high, a, a small number of high negative value tokens. Yeah. Yes, yes. I guess maybe then, if, if, I, if I sort of return to where I was right at the beginning of the episode, is mm-hmm. the angle on it, on it that it's good for those tests where you've got a lot riding on the test? Yeah. So you've committed a lot of skill tokens. But
0: yeah. then again, so, in
1: those situations, you tend to be boosted up high enough to just pass everything, don't you? It doesn't cancel mm-hmm. the autofill, which is the one token mm-hmm. likely to throw the spanner in the works.
0: Yeah, that's the same as the sort of eat lead argument it's like oh well i could have eat lead and it will give me that backup for a token but maybe i'd just rather have another boost or be able to take another shot with my gun and not worry broadly speaking i'd say players aren't too sold on that as an idea of having a backup to your backup yeah yeah it adds something it makes me think of something as well that i think is going on here which is linked to the whole lucky thing yeah survivor identity broadly speaking wants to encourage you to lowball tests or not worry too much about boosting and boost reactively and you know one of the great things about wendy is you can take a lot of tests where you're not much over the threshold with the backup of her ability so every card in hand i could commit this but i may as well keep it and get a redraw and that that's part of her strength rogue again Broadly speaking, there's a lot of rogues that like to go to really high values, whether that's because they're using lockpicks, so it's combining stats or the other stat combining things, whether that's because they're doing succeed by X and so they want to pile a lot of things into the test. Even the big money thing is a high stat style masquerading as not a high stat style (laughs) because you get loads of resources and then the boosts you start getting with World Connected are astronomical, or you're paying with Streetwise to boost your stats by six at a time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and having the difference, at that point, the difference between having three in a stat and a five in a stat on your investigator card is, is kind of irrelevant, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So having a lucky dice behave a bit like a lucky on a stick, that fits, for in my head, better in Survivor than it does in Rogue. Again, I've said broadly speaking twice, obviously big, broad brushstrokes about The styles of the factions but do you get do you get what I mean
1: yeah 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 in terms
0: of play style it falls into slightly different
1: bracket yeah yeah you've just a a scenario has popped into my head actually just as we were speaking there which is the time where you draw the plus one and accidentally pass a test you wanted to fail
0: and you use (laughs) the lucky
1: dice to fail that test instead so you can play your um, uh, look what I found found and (laughs) you committed take heart to the test and everything else
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, it's the failure enabler. <laughs> <laughs> so there is another lucky dice.
1: Yes, so we've got lucky dice, or are they? Level three. This is a two-cost asset. It has a willpower and an agility pip, and it has the item and relic traits. Exceptional. Reaction. When you reveal a non-curse, non auto fail chaos token, add one curse token to the chaos bag, Ignore the just revealed token and reveal another one to resolve. If that token has a curse or an auto symbol, return the dice to your hand. Cannot be ignored or cancelled, and that is also an accessory slot. Well, there's a, there's the core mechanic hasn't changed. There basically mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you you can ignore a reveal token and reveal another one. Yeah, but a lot of the ancillary stuff has changed, which probably makes it a lot more appealing. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, it would want to be appealing at a cost of six experience. Yeah, six experience, one in your deck.
0: When we go back to my big zoomed out, what are you trying to do in Arkham? You're trying to accumulate resources to play cards, and Lucky Dice 2 says, oh, but spend those resources on redraws as well. Whereas Lucky Dice 3 says, no, 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 you can accumulate your resources to spend on cards, to spend on boosts because I'm going to remove the resource requirement here and actually give you this slightly different, weirder thing, which is you can use curses to do that. Yes. So you're not competing over a shared pool of resources to do multiple things because Lucky Dice 3 is saying, no, 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 I'll just give you a curse instead.
1: Yeah. I almost wish we talked about this earlier because I feel there's a lot of uh, wrinkles in Lucky Dice 3 that's what was said, Blase, before we started recording. I was with Blase and I said, oh, yeah, we'll just... we can." It's just, there's only a few differences. We'll cover this later. <laughs> but the more I think about it, the, the more different it is. And it potentially can fit in a really different style of deck.
0: And just so the listener knows, I said, Peter... Are you sure? Are you sure you want to just do that? And you said, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Shut up, Frank, said, you idiot. <laughs> I said, are you sure you want to do that?
1: You idiot hole. not say that. <laughs> Don't tell me how to do podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it, it, I think, let's break it down. Mm-hmm. The ability to return it to your hand rather than discarding it feels very, very nice indeed. Yes. Uh, feels like you can be more aggressive with it, using it on more tests, knowing that you're out an action and two resources than a four experience card. We didn't mention that about Lucky Dice 2, but
0: should we, by the way, should we refer to them as Lucky Dice and Cursed Dice?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just so we're
0: not saying Lucky Dice 2 and Lucky Dice 3 the whole time.
1: It doesn't have the the cursed trait like, almost all Mm. curse-generating cards do. Yeah, yeah.
0: Although, I don't know if curse generation has cursed as a trait. Is it? Does it? Mm. I think it's more like the spell suite is cursed, and they don't generate curses. They use curses. Interesting. To Arkham DB, to look at the curse trait. Anyway, (laughs) that's a tangent. Let's call them lucky dice and cursed dice. Okay. With lucky dice... Exactly, we didn't make a point of this, but it's another mark against its name. You could play it for two cost, four XP in your accessory slot, pull that minus five, first test, pay two resources, and reveal the auto fail. And that's thanks, Lucky Dice, you've really helped me this scenario. So there's an unpredictability about how useful it will be when we compare it with Recall the Future. Yes, Recall the Future might not hit the token you need, but it's going to stick around all game, offering you that potential boost, where you can't even say that about lucky dice. With cursed dice, you know you can keep playing it. You could be really unlucky, and every time you use the ability, it comes back to hand. But then that leads us down the separate avenue of is part of what it's doing for you adding curses, which might be something that the team wants or that you want or you don't care about. So you're much less in a hole when you hit that first curse or auto fail when you've used the ability. What other wrinkles did you have that you wanted to jump on?
1: Uh it, it was the idea that adding curses uh curse tokens to the Chaos Bag is not necessarily a negative. hmm Yeah. Yeah. When we played Team Curse some time ago now, which is still a, mm. a playthrough we've we've uh we've got to finish at some point. Yeah. There was, you know, it's it's non-trivial, uh, figuring out efficient ways to get curse tokens into the bag. And this pretty much does it on demand. Like, you could, any test where you don't reveal a curse when autofail, fail you could just put a curse token in the chaos bag, couldn't you? hmm Of course, at that point, once once the chaos bag becomes loaded with curses, which ideally is when you want to start firing your curse effects. Mm-hmm. Curse dice becomes pretty unlucky. If <laughs> you pardon the phrase. So it just pops back to your hand as soon as you take a test, doesn't it? Once there's 10 curse tokens in the bag, you're not, you're not going to get much use out of it.
0: My understanding of if that token has a curse or auto is only if you use the ability.
1: Yes. So, but so you yeah, can't so the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, pa- no. You I, can't I, trigger the ability anyway because yes.
0: there's so many curses in the bag. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: What I mean is, you, you, I mean, yeah, you're not going to get a chance to use the Lucky Dice unless the token you reveal first. I, would, I suppose, actually, maybe you're in a clutch situation where you really want to trigger a curse. That's how, that's how Team Curse was working, wasn't it? We used Jackie to, mm-hmm. to fish into the bag for more tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. She had the curse spell suite, so she was keen to to trigger them. Yeah, You were playing Recall the Future and naming Curse. <laughs> yeah. So the first Curse wasn't a minus two, it was a zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good fun. Again, nice like maths wrinkle. When you first use Lucky Dice and there are no Curses in the bag, whatever token it is that you draw, that minus five, you're then putting one Curse in and you've got the Curse and the autofell. So you've only got two chances of Lucky Dice returning to your hand. Obviously, as you add more and more Curses... Each time you trigger Lucky Dice, you have many more tokens that you might hit that might return it to hand.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So the the odds of that happening get worse and worse with the Cursed
1: Dice. Definitely feels like a, like a roll-the-dice mechanic, which mm. feels a lot more thematic than uh, Lucky Dice as opposed to Cursed Dice.
0: And it's a little bit like Henry One, isn't it, of push your, push your luck. And again, that to me explains why people broadly speaking, shy away from it because the push-your-luck effects, while great in terms of story, are unreliable in the game and a lot of people tend towards reliability and don't like that risk of yeah, I'm I'm messing up a test and wasting an action. For cursed dice, I think there is something going on here about that you're not putting yourself in as much a hole to use the ability. So particularly in a team that cares about curses, you could argue as you already have that adding a curse isn't a negative here it's a positive it's yeah. a, another way of gently dripping curses into the bag someone who's jumping up to out to me actually is bob with this he's already quite keen on items yes he's got probably got ways of finding items and he's got his item action which means repeatedly playing this down might be less taxing for him, where well, it will be less taxing for him than any other investigator.
1: Oh, uh, that's a really nice spot. Yeah, yeah. I would just say to any any young people listening, don't buy dice from a man on the street, uh, no matter what. Yeah. If he calls them Lucky Dice especially, you know, that's not, it's not great.
0: Why are you only saying that to young people listening?
1: Well, I think all the people are a bit more savvy. Maybe they've had more experience with dice with buying dice from a man in the yeah. street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, they, know they how it will burn. a bit more streetwise, they know not to do it. Young people maybe haven't heard the stories. Mm. I see. About the yeah. di- about the dice yeah.
0: man. Cuz I mean, as Bob you can even be then giving this to other people as well. Yes. be like, "Who wants who wants the lucky dice now?"
1: <laughs> Just rolling them around the table.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: No, that's a really nice pick actually. I hadn't I hadn't considered that as a, as a, as an aspect for Bob where you can Anything which repeatedly comes, well, I'd guess I didn't have Lucky Dice in my head as a card that was coming back to your hand often enough for you to be replaying it.
0: Mm. I think the big Bob aficionados will be shouting at their podcast now being like,
1: yes, you could be
0: replaying this, but there are so many other good cards (laughs) that you could be replaying. If you're scavenging, you know, you'd be replaying your Shoffners and weapons with ammo and maybe, you know, chucking other things in the accessory slot.
1: I agree. Bob players are never happy though, so... What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's it's what you've it's what you've
0: said to me before. You know, just because this card is marginally better in that person doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make, make it good. a better card. <laughs> it's just like because every card that is an item that could be replayed is better in Bob, obviously. Yeah. For me, then, where I'm, I'm thinking of Bob multiplayer. I'm thinking everyone's doing some curse stuff, and Bob's like, okay, well, I'll I'll run Rear because that adds a bunch of curses if I want to. Maybe I'll run justify the means if I really want to, like my role will be flooding the bag with curses and not caring too much about that. Oh, I could spend six XP on Lucky Dice and have a way of sort of dripping curses into the bag as well. Like it fills out that my role is adding curses. And of course, as you know, flashback to all the Innsmouth reviews, Rogue have ways of more or less just ignoring curses, of of bypassing the costs of having curses in the bag, whether that's Skeptic or False Covenant. You know, that's within the picture here. I don't think we need to go into that in any more detail, but yeah.
1: their interaction with curse is who cares. Uh, I've got a quick question. Mm. Um, if, I, if I use the ability and reveal another curse token, can I use another effect to cancel that curse token and not pop the dice back to my hand?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Did Council treat the token as if it wasn't wasn't revealed?
0: Yeah. And most most chaos token reacting things are worded as when you reveal, which is at the point of reveal but before it's had any effect. Right. So that's like how false covenant and yes. blasphemous covenant work. When you reveal, cancel that token
1: redraw. False so Covenant was the card I was thinking of when I was yeah. thinking about this. Because it's when, if, after. So when <laughs> it's you when, if, curse. after. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: the ordering. When yeah, okay. when comes before if, and that says if that token has a curse or an auto fail, so you've got a chance to get in there with the when, I think.
1: <laughs> okay, And
0: I mean, the fun, fun thing for listeners to do is to go and look at the steps of the skill test step three is reveal a token and step four is resolve the token. Yeah. And why that's useful to look at is that a lot of these rolling tokens essentially just bump you back to step three. So when I reveal a curse, that's step three. Step four, I resolve the token, which is minus two, reveal another token. And so I go back to step three and reveal another token. Yeah. And then I resolve that one. So you get stuck in this little loop between steps three and four and at each point you've then got that option to say oh i've just revealed a token that's this i'm going to use lucky dice or use false covenant or whatever it is
1: that does sound like a fun thing to do
0: hours of fun
1: for all the family looking (laughs) at the
0: skill test timing charts yes
1: (laughs) why even play the game frank
0: can we get over the fact that this is in the accessory slot in rogue and that is a very competitive slot in Rogue. It's even it, more competitive than ever before now.
1: Yes, it is indeed. Um, I was thinking about this earlier and what I like is that Lucky Dice does have, uh, uh both dice, Lucky and Cursed, they self, they self cleanse. They, they get rid of themselves under particular circumstances, which is nice mm. for a card that, so that goes in. That's into, a benefit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The back. <laughs> fact- <laughs> The fact that it kills itself is good, Frank. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but you know what I mean. So it's it's better mm. if you've got a very competitive slot. It's better to have something which can move in and out of that slot, providing you a benefit while it's there, than it is having something you really want to keep in that slot for the, for the entire game. I mean, the difficulty is always is if you draw it, if you get your the fan or the 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 red clock. No, is it? Yeah. Which one's red? And which one's hen. black? Oh, fan Black is hand. fan is hand. Black yeah. fan, red clock. Red clock's accessory, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you get that down earlier, then what do you do with this? Yeah. I mean, you've you got. Buy Relic red
0: clock, you've got Eon chart, you've got Lucky Cigarette Case, zero and three, all saying, why would you not? I mean, you've got Crystalizer as well. There's a whole different style of play with Crystalizer. I mean,
1: again, at least the Eon chart has uh, secrets. Charges, yep.
0: secrets. I think. Think secrets. Yeah, I think secrets.
1: So, so you know, it's got a limited shelf life, um yeah. which which is nice. But yes, otherwise, I guess you're just stuck with uh, playing Doctor Ellie or buying relic hunter.
0: Do we need to do like a in praise of limited shelf life episode? <laughs> That's because that it's a like a a pseudo argument for firearms over melee weapons as well right? I mean, to an extent, it's, I guess, yeah. You can juggle lots of guns in the way that once your hands are filled with your hammer, you're not wanting to put anything else in your hands. Fascinating, again, the history of the game. Imagine if Dunwich didn't have charisma and relic hunter. Yeah, yeah. And how the game might have developed differently, that allies that don't stick around for too long would become a more reasonable way. You know, Academic Army, for instance, you can play that without charisma because most of your allies enter, do a thing, and then leave again because you kill them or you calling in favors them. But that style is hard to justify when you could say, look, I'm going to put Dr. Milan Christopher in my ally slot and he's going to give me value all game. Why would I want to juggle other things in and out of this slot? And the slot juggling thing for accessory or ally is less popular, isn't it? Because yeah. why would you do that when you can just put something amazing in that slot? Intriguing. I'm remembering something Amber Autumn said on our second lot look. Oh yeah. About how treating accessory cards is basically costing three XP more in Rogue <laughs> as the yeah. Relic Hunter tax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would mean the cursed dice nine XP for a car a card you want to find and. Just dribble curses into the bag. One, one per deck as well. Yeah, it's a hard sell at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if we're going to get one more card that helps find relics, like Doctor Ellie. There's so many relics now. You know, a no stone unturned, but for relics, I suppose all all relics are items. So you could also just be backpacking to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So, anything else you want to add? The only other thing on my notes yep. is that there is something significant about Cursed Dice being 3 XP and Lucky Dice being 2 XP. Oh, yes. Good, good which spot. Which is the, the 2 to 3 XP breakpoint. Yes. So you could be running the Lucky Dice in Dexter, say, or Leo. I mean, why are you running Lucky Dice in Leo? That's kind of terrifying to be spending all the resources. But Cursed Dice, the 3 XP one there's what well, six xp level three one is only your main class rogues so if you want that ability of i'm just going to drip curses into the bag steadily that's only your green investigators i don't think there's anything more significant about it to say than that but you know wendy for instance could run lucky dice yeah. and have her ability and have multiple ways of redrawing tokens
1: yeah but yeah she's not, she's not gonna do that with curses no no I mean, does she want to? Does she want a card which replicates closely her her ability when she's got a lot of other good options for XP spend? Yeah, and also a signature that uses the same slot.
0: Yeah, you pay two redraw into the auto fail and then, then discard that. a card, <laughs> cancel that, and redraw another token. How many bites of this cherry do you need? Yeah, I need backups for my backups. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. It's quite a laborious way of making a card that most people aren't running more reliable. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Only other thing I can think of is there's a triple cast card that cares about relics.
1: Yes, there is. It is antiquary, I believe. But that's... In
0: theory, if you're replaying cursed dice.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, That's not terrible, is it? Again, for me, it's like <laughs> what effort?
0: See, that's another six XP to find the card to make the card that's already bouncing in and
1: out of your hand
0: slightly more reliable, definitely cheaper.
1: feel like with those cards. I'm sure we mentioned this when we talked about them in our second look, but I feel like you want to be pushing to use those cards where you're also taking skills on the tests. So you've got yeah. your, you know, your other world compass. So or... yeah, that's that's where antiquary is such a fascinating
0: one because it's favor, relic, and ritual.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So for favours, all of them are pretty much testless. I remember us looking at it and trying to work this out. So you're yeah, if you're a rogue and you're just you're using the resources for that just to boost all of your favours a bit, but then are you running a relic weapon, maybe, to find other things to test on. Cool. What about you? Any last thoughts? I don't think
1: so. No, no, I don't think so. I'm 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 excited to build a deck with this now. I still, I, mm. I don't necessarily think. The litmus think... test of esoteric devices. <laughs> Does Peter want to run off and build a deck? Man, I, I still think I haven't got in my head, and I'm sure this is where, again, listeners will come in and, and suggest, for, uh, suggest really good ideas.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: what's a, what's a kind of a, a classic, uh, lucky dice deck? What What's a deck mm. where you think, aha, Lucky Lights really fits in here, and, it, and it, this is why. I can see its use in a deck, but I can't necessarily think of a deck which which prioritizes it, which really makes it sing. The mm-hmm. curse one, you know, not so much with that one, because I think, you know, you can build a curse deck. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or you can even of a have a like priest team. of two fates, and you're like,
0: okay, I'm giving up my ally slot and my accessory slot to drip curses into the bag. And that's specifically the role of those slots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah I'm yeah. missing out on an extra action or, a, you know, a Lola Santiago effect or the card draw. But I'm going to get that elsewhere. Yeah. Maybe you're playing Trish and you're going to run preposterous sketches for your draw. And... Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm exactly the same place. It's hard to visualize it being a cornerstone of a deck. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, works in such an odd way it's sort of adjacent to a lot of other things that a deck will do. Intriguing
1: Yes, interesting. Well,
0: listener maybe you have that Lucky Dice or Cursed Dice Cornerstone deck that you want to share with us. We're Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, on Twitter on Design by Humans and on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Peeper yeah, Peeper? Peeper? <laughs> Peter, how can people get in touch with you?
1: I am United Everywhere, so I'm on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and Steam and Instagram is D.Unitled. So yeah, please say a hello. How about you, Frank? I'm F B on Twitter,
0: that's EPH underscore B-E-E. I think I mostly tweet about Wordle at the moment. <laughs> I'm on the Wordle train. I do it with Andrea every day. Like it's it's it, my Wordle tweet is our combined answer. It's very it's it's adorable. <laughs> I do like that. Thank you. It's starting to become stressful of finding a time every day, like, we don't don't forget Wordle, come yeah. on! <laughs> and yeah, I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. If you look at Arkham DB and see that there's a typo on Lucky Dice, there is, and I've already put a fix in for it, if it's not gone live by the time this episode goes live. It's but thanks for coming and telling me anyway.
1: Finishing on a very frank note.
0: Yeah. Don't tell me off, please. <laughs> I'm already on it. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Thanks all.